letdown at the very end uh, for a bunch of reasons. But did you, you know, did you at least appreciate what was happening while it was happening? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Rockies 2, Pirates 1 in 10 innings. The stupid man starting out on second base thing ended up costing David Bednar a run. Unless I'm mistaken, it doesn't even go down as an earned run, which tells you how phony and fictitious it is. Believe you me, I'd say the same thing if the Pirates won that way. Um, glad that Rob Manfred has seen the light and the thing is going to go away by 2023, but come on, man, you know, it's baseball for 150 years. No one got a free pass to second base. You know, let's just pretend that this never happened. Meaning this whole episode of starting someone out out there, there's a million other ways they could have gone about making sure that they save pitching arms and everything else. But I digress because this game felt like, in a way, it meant something. Not in the standings or anything stupid like that, but when you see Ruanzi Contreras take the mound and you see him whiffing people, you also see him get into a little patch of trouble there and then whiff people. <laughs> and it's fun. It's fun. He put up five eggs. He pitched pretty well. You know, and it looked and felt like it mattered. Why? Because he matters. And I'm not even going to get into um, the entertainment aspect of this. This really isn't about me or you. It's about them and the Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the parent club, the one that matters having a sense of purpose. Let's go back to Sunday. Derek Shelton, according to everyone in that clubhouse, really let him have it after that 18-4 loss to the Cardinals, which was actually 18-0. They put four up against Yadier Molina in the ninth. And it was embarrassing, not just from the standpoint of the score, but also some effort issues. Things that occurred in the field, things that occurred at the plate that reflected badly, as I mentioned with great gusto on Monday's show. So Shelton does his thing, whether it was on his own, whether it came from above, who knows. But he does his thing, and coincidence or not, injuries or not, meaning real injuries or not, several moves were made, three players were brought up, from Indianapolis, three players who, you know, one of them, Contreras, you know, is going to be part of this process. Uh, Yeri De Los Santos, the reliever, you would think is going to have a really good chance to show that he can put up the relief numbers that he did down in Indy. And Cal Mitchell comes up yesterday and gets his first big league hit last night. And and everything's just like, okay, yeah, this this makes sense. And you could see the guys in the dugout getting up for it when Mitchell got that first hit and there was something there that wasn't there over the weekend. Why? Because you're putting together something that has 
a sense of purpose. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Yes, this is me beating the horse seven feet deep, but that's how it's felt watching this for more than a year now. I am not of the opinion that most of these players needed to be held down, just as I am not of the opinion that O'Neill Cruz is benefiting from another two, three weeks in AAA, just as I am not of the opinion that Mason Martin needs to be down there any more than he's been already. Why? Believe it or not, I'll repeat this, it's not selfish. It's not for me and you. I believe that this organization has a lot to gain from having that sense take place in Pittsburgh. If they lose, they lose. But you know what? If they start even getting that feeling a little bit, like we're starting to see if you follow the American League at all in Baltimore with the Orioles, not just because they called up their generational prospect, but because they've had some pretty nice W's lately, including a couple in the Bronx that got some headlines. And yes, I know the Pirates took two out of three from the Dodgers, but then they got their brains beaten in by the Cubs and the Reds, and all of that was negated a million times over. I would like to see the Pittsburgh Pirates have a sense of purpose for them. I would like to see Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds and David Bednar and a lot of other guys, ultimately, eventually, show up at the ballpark every day thinking, we are going to get better. Not just me, but we. And we are going to push each other to get better because we are going to be around each other for the next four, five, six years. That's accountability. That's competition. Ben Charrington has spoken admirably since the day he was hired, actually, about the value of competition all through the minors as Groups of players climb up from Altoona to Indianapolis, even below that, Greensboro. They stacked Greensboro last year. Why? In part because they wanted to see those guys and those pitchers, you know, give each other the nudge, get used to winning. They almost won. And Charrington spoke openly and proudly about that. Why doesn't the same principle apply in Pittsburgh? Are you telling me that the developmental procedures are that different between the majors and AAA right now? Right now in 2022? I very seriously doubt that. Pitching's pretty diluted in the majors, I'm sure you would agree. Hitting has never been worse in the majors, I'm sure you'd agree. And I mean across the board. So bring them up here. Bring them up here and let's see what they've got and let's get this thing rolling to the point where it matters, kind of like the game did last night. When we come back, just one question.
Welcome back. Time for K1Q, and today's comes from Clay McInerney, who asks, I'm encouraged that moves are starting, but in all seriousness, when do Yoshi Tetsugo and Josh Van Meter hit the waiver wire? When does Ben Charrington pull the ripcord after the All-Star break or sooner? Clay, you know, Charrington met with reporters yesterday at PNC Park, which means that I missed him by a day because I'm going to the ballpark today to cover the matinee finale against the Rockies to 12.35 p.m. first pitch, by the way. And yesterday I spent with the Steelers who opened up their offseason training activity and everything else. It's one of those, you know, news judgment calls. And I really wish I'd been there to communicate with Charrington. Uh, I'm not a big believer in using terms like grilling or I would have gone at him or whatever. I want to hear what the man has to say. It's my job to ask questions. And in his conversation that he had with reporters, which was about 25 minutes, I, I didn't get a lot of what I hoped to hear from him. Uh, that doesn't mean that I would have been able to get it either. I mean, he's not the easiest not to crack. But just in listening to it, there's such a disconnect from what we see. And to an extent, that's understandable because he has access to only a zillion times more information than we do. When he, for example, was asked about Bryce Wilson uh, finally being sent back, he got into all kinds of really, really specific things that went into the decision to send him back, why it was difficult, why the same principles or the same uh, corrections couldn't have been made in Pittsburgh. And you learn something. But what I also learn when I, when I hear the man is that there's just no urgency as it relates to the intangibles. There's no... <sighs> anything. If it sounds like I'm struggling for the words here, I kind of am. There's no anything when it comes to the Pittsburgh level. And that's why I keep searching for something, anything, not contention, not, you know, chasing somebody for a wild card spot or anything idiotic like that. Okay. I accepted that before this season. And I would like to think that was a pretty realistic view on my part. Not pessimistic, but realistic. They just aren't at that phase. But I also feel like it was more than reasonable to expect the team to get better, to get closer, to get more players in Pittsburgh who matter, as opposed to less. And that's how the first two months of this season have felt for the most part, heck, two and a half now, where you look out there and you see Reynolds and Hayes and Bednar, and you go, okay, that's it. Three guys on your active roster that you think are going to mean something. Do you know how that makes the rest of the game feel? Do you know how that makes people feel about the management group that's in place? This does not phase Charrington, like, at all. And I'm genuinely not sure if that's good or that's bad. Probably more for the good over the long run. But eventually, the long run 
has to end. And I would like to think that in year three, to use this term again, it's reasonable to expect the Pittsburgh Pirates to be better than they were in the first two seasons under this GM. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. I mean that. Uh, We'll do another one uh, tomorrow off of uh, the game that I'm going to cover this afternoon at PNC Park. 